If you love tossing dice, making notes on your character sheet, and you may or may not have tried to bribe your game master, maybe this is a podcast for you. You're listening to Sounds Like Row, an RPG podcast. And now, let's begin. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this new episode of Sounds Like Roll. You're listening to a guy named Dred, Dredstein, and today is our eighth episode of this podcast. It's, I hope that it is, it, it's an interesting podcast. And today, we're going to think about, I'm going to talk about the, the difference between games, between different tabletop RPG games, but at a human level. Like, what are the, the, the main difference not related with the system, but the rule system or die or die system of each game, and not even about the setting, but rather about what each game presents to you. Like, what is really the essence of each game? Why each person played each one of these different games, right? Like, you could say that what mood is more ad hoc for each game? Ad hoc? Ad hoc, I think you say that. Ad hoc, <laughs> I don't know. And also what type of feelings each game evoke, uh, things like that, right? No, not, not only about what, it, what each game is about, because you can find about that in, I don't know, Wikipedia? <laughs> uh, I, I will not say in, like, Vampire the Masquerade is a game about vampires, because, duh. Uh, but rather about what each game represents or what is the feelings that you get while you play each one of the games I will mention now. Obviously, I will be talking about the the, um, the main the main the, the, the main mainstream games, the most famous one, and also the um, what I could call the, the secondary games, that the games that everyone known knows but are not the most famous one. And also how how I think is the better way to choose a game so it doesn't depend only on the games I will talk about today because these are only the games that I have played but I think that you have played many different different games right so I will talk about what are what I think the the, the real important difference differences between tabletop role playing games and what I think you should focus when selecting one of those, okay? Right, so, first of all, I, I, I want to make like, like a broad, broad look at the game generous. Generous. Genre. How, how do you say that? Generous, I think. Um, first of all, I, I think that RPGs have generous just like uh, movies or novels or, or type of artwork. For example, you have tabletop RPGs such as anime or cartoon uh, related, right? Not not related. What, what's the word? Like the style of the game, right? Um, is like themed, right? For example, there are some RPGs that are themed for family gaming or for fantasy, like in general, right? Like I'm putting it together uh, as well as uh, Dangerous and Dragons and, I don't know, Seventh uh, Sea, right? That you have also horror games or modern games or pulp games or science fiction games, sci-fi, I think is, is in English, right? Or games about being, I don't know, vampires. Well, well that, that's kind of a horror game. Or superheroes, for example. Or there are many, many, many different genres of game, right? But what I want to talk about, and I think you all are already figuring it out, right? 
is about the more human side. For example, there are some games that are more focused on excitement and rewards, right? Or related to, to feed your ambition or your ego or maybe the curiosity or the sense of danger or, I don't know, games about action and style and stuff like that, right? It's like when you are sitting in front of your computer, for example, and you want to play a video game and you have several video games because you're always buying these really cheap-ass offers of, I don't know, Steam or GOG or, or something. And you're thinking, what I want to play? Like, what, what is my mood right now? So with RPGs, it happens, what, what happens is the same. Like, each game could be played in, in, in a different style from what is originally intended to, but mostly, or, or not mostly, but in general, the game is always the same. It has some kind of um, environment or ambience, no, not ambience, um, a mood, right? But also, I want to point this because maybe you have heard RPG players before that say, I, I don't know, for example, with my group, the past weekend we played a Vampire the Masquerade game, but themed in a, I don't know, in a spaceship, right? And you say, where's the intrigue? Where's the politics? Where's the urban action? Urban action, right? So obviously you can modify the games, like, but always the first time you play a game, you play the game as it is. Right, and later on, as you get more comfortable with it, um, maybe you start to experiment with the freedom to play it as as you wish. Right? For example, um, let's talk about Vampire: The Masquerade, the the last old World of Darkness version, the 20th anniversary, to put a cut on it, and Vampire: The Masquerade, the the fifth edition. Um, those two games are very different, like. The, the, the old World of Darkness Vampire was based on the third edition, I think. It's more a, a game about horror, right? About politics, yeah, of course. But also action and style. It, it's a more, uh, more action-focused game in comparison with maybe the second edition, probably. Uh, you have a, a lot of super cool disciplines for vampires, like superpowers and stuff. And the fifth edition is more focused in like personal horror to, to face your inner beast and stuff like that. And even the rule system of the game pushes you to go into that direction and also presents some rules in the character sheet that you have to constantly uh, consult, not, not consult, but involve in the game that like that are rules for for moral problems or, or prob uh, not the problems like moral challenges and stuff like that so even though both of those games are the same theme or the same world they have a different how can I put it like a different soul like the, the, what you feel when you're playing those games is different and if you look for for posts or blog articles or videos or, or anything in, in, in internet regarding the difference be between Vampire V20, as they call it, and V5, you, you can see that, you could see that, that all the comments section in any, of con in any content that you, that you can find, 
you will see a lot of people talking about like I prefer the the feeling of of eternity or I prefer how how is the game style of of V5 right and and the games are kind of the same so uh, there you can see that each game even though you can play it as wherever you want have some kind of essence that is always there right so let's let's see some concrete examples to to have some material to start thinking about it and and later on maybe we can talk about it um first let, 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 let me take a quick look for the mainstream games right for example let's start with um yeah of course the Dungeons and dragons or well i'm saying in this in in this episode or any other episode that is not related specifically to Dungeons and dragons i don't know fifth edition um it's it's the same if i say pathfinder or or any spin-off or the game or resurgir del dragon that it's a a spaniard version of Dungeons and dragons um what i think D D is is about as some some people say explore the dungeon kill the monsters and loot right because that's uh, for all, all the rules of the, of the game are optimized for those type of situations, right? So you can play play D and D in a court intrigue setting, right? But it always works better if you play a game related to exploring dungeons, killing monsters, and loot, right? Um, it's it's like adventure for for the sake of it, right? It's like you want to play a game where you face different adventures and you make some characters that are always evolving and getting more powerful and stuff, like leveling up your character, uh, getting rewards, and, uh, I don't know, teamwork. Uh, actually, D&D is about teamwork at its best because you have to create your character according to, to the group. So it's a game that it's very heavil, heavily focused on adventures. And, and leveling up characters, killing monsters, and that kind of thing, right? So that's what you feel when you play Dangerous and Dragons. Actually, I think that I mentioned in a previous episode something about the uh, an, a very old paradigm or rule that Dangerous and Dragons still uses, that is hit points. I think, I, I don't know, maybe I mentioned that in a previous episode, because it's a very... Uh, what's the word? Commonplace? Not commonplace. Something that you repeat many times because it's a very easy example. That um, hit points is not a very good system for uh, for registering damage. But in Dangerous and Dragons, when you are killing a lot of monsters and those monsters are always hitting you, um, like attacking you, but the rules should not allow you to die at the first combat, hit points kind of work. <laughs> so... The game itself is not that it has some flaws because the developers were lazy. Uh, I would say that you could feel like a game has some flaws because you are judging it with a focus that is different from what is in, uh, originally intended to that game, right? Uh, so let's move to another one, Vampire the Masquerade, because I mentioned a lot of, of Vampire the Masquerade during the last episodes and probably the next ones because I played a lot about, about uh, a lot a world of darkness before um, it's about i would say more like creating an interesting character and developing it like in a human level or vampire level <laughs> but like in 
It's like having the, the freedom of play and enjoy being greedy and plotting against everyone. It's like the situations that your character face. Not that much about converting yourself in a super powerful character, but more about how you develop your character. Like how, how the, the personality of it started, evolves between session and session. Session and I don't know. For example, in Vampire the Masquerade, the, the current edition, fifth edition, it has a lot of exploring, like the bond, bond boundaries is the word boundaries of moral, or I don't know, face the unknown, being part of it at the same time. It's like a game where you think a lot, nothing like about problems. Well, yeah, problems, but you you meditate. No, it's not meditate. What is the word? Like reflect. I'm using reflect, but I know it is that if. if if that is correct, but I think you understand me, right? Um, so it's more like a situational kind of RPG. Like you focus more on what your character is experiencing day to day or night to <laughs> night by night, right? Um, about the its relation with other characters and power relations and stuff like that. Um, what, are, what other game is is very famous? Like well, Call of Cthulhu. Uh, it's a very very mainstream game, I would say. It's like, like the most famous horror game RPG that there is. And I would say that Call of Cthulhu is obviously about solving mysteries, right? It's not about running from the monsters. It's about solving mysteries. That's the core of the game. It's about investigating and getting involved in, in, in like dangerous plots, right? Super dangerous plots. It's it's like, how's that saying? It's like being the cat the cat getting killed by curiosity, right? Uh, it's like I don't know uh, how how do I how can I put it? It's like somebody say to you, "Don't touch, don't touch it. It's dangerous." And you say, "Let's touch the damn thing and see what happens," right? <laughs> and at the end, obviously, you face like cosmic horrors, and your your character goes crazy or dies. <laughs> In Call of Cthulhu, you you actually play usually with uh, what's the word disposable characters so it's more about discovering this incredible and crazy situation that the game master created um so it's i would say uh, actually uh, regarding the the game master is a very um what's the war when you um uh, it asks a lot to the game master the game master had to be very creative in this game or use a pre pre-written model that there's a lot of pre-written models for call of cthulhu and the old models you can use them with the current uh, version of the game so it's um it's a game that you can play easily if you use um pre pre-written models right well that, that's a subject for another podcast but yeah it's also be mysteries right uh, what else? Well, well, you have Cyberpunk that I played just once, like many, many years ago. So I have kind of um, a, a feeling of about what Cyberpunk is, but I'm not quite sure if that is actually how Cyberpunk is played. So I will say this as a proposal, no, not proposal, but um, as, I will say this. This is the thing that I think about cyberpunk and maybe you can compliment that in in the comments section and maybe in facebook or somewhere like if you have played more you can correct me or add some more information but i think that cyberpunk is a lot about like action and 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 
like stylish action, right? Like playing a super cool action movie, something like that. Because even the the rules of, of the game pushes you into that direction. And it's also about creating and developing a cool character. Like uh, you, you have like cybernetic implants and cool weapons and stuff like that. So it's a very cool game, I would say. So that's like the, the essence, the soul of cyberpunk, at least um, how I remember it. Right? So please correct me if that's not like this. <laughs> uh, what else? Ah, okay. Um, I have a note here so I don't forget about this game. Legend of the Five Rings. I played once also this game, but I have been talking about this game a lot because I have close friends that are very hardcore fans of this game. And this game is very, it's very interesting. It's, it's about like exploring the, the feudal, feudal, like medieval kind of <laughs> politics of ancient Japan. And uh, like, well, of course, being a samurai or a ronin, but in an, in kind of uh, an adult and kind of a realistic way, right? You, you play with the novelty and, and stuff like that. It's, it's not only about action and duels that you can have them but it's not the main objective of the game well and, and those are i i would say that the one of the most famous mainstream games but there's a lot of games and i think that with with these examples you are starting to to forming an idea of what i mean with the real and human difference between each game you have other games like seventh seventh c for example that is also about very super cool adventures because it has some similarities in Cyberpunk regarding that the rule system pushes you to to play like very, very cool, right? In the action scenes. Or Star Wars. Well, Star Wars, right? So I, I, I don't I don't think if if it's necessary to explain what Star Wars is. Uh, but actually today, like nowadays. You have different versions of the game to play like in the Old Republic or in the Imperial era and stuff like that. So you have different types of gameplay, but it's it's Star Wars. It's like the excitement of being part of that super cool world, right? Or what else? You can play actually Battletech. I don't remember if the RPG is called Battletech or that's the name of the war game. But it's an um, RPG about having a super, super big mech and drive it and <laughs> try to kill other mechs. But there's an, a very old and a, a very old RPG and a current RPG that I think is in Kickstarter phase right now. I don't remember because I saw that Kickstarter like three or four months ago. So I'm not quite sure, but it exists. And it's about like uh, combat, right? About battles between super gigantic gargantous mechs, right? Or what else? Uh, Aquilarre. Aquilarre, it's a very famous Spaniard uh, role-playing game about from Spain, right? <laughs> it's like Dangerous and Dragons, but not that... Uh, I think that the word is high fantasy. It's medieval, but with magic elements. But it's like uh, demonic magic, right? Uh, you have like Inquisition, it's all around the game and making pacts with, with demons and summoning angels, I think. I don't know. Uh, stuff like that. Uh, it's a very interesting game, and it's very old. It's a very old game. It's I think probably it's the first like Spanish-spoken game ever. I don't know. I, I'm just making that up, but probably it is, because it's very old. What else? You have Deadlands, that is like you're playing a <laughs> tabletop 
RPG version of Red Dead Redemption, <laughs> something like that. You play in the Far West with super cool cowboys and stuff, and it's, yeah, Deadlands. Um, you have Cult, for example. Cult is a horror game also, not like Call of Cthulhu about like solving mysteries, but, but about surviving. It's about, it has the, the same concept about being the cat that is getting killed by curiosity, but you have a chance and you can you can start learning about the all of that dark thing that things that your character start discovering and getting involved in it on it and then getting like stained by that demonic part of the world and trying to maintain that equilibrium um i would say and i i really say i would say like i think i like to think about this but i'm not sure if, if this is precise but world darkness got very um, inspired by cult like cult was released like more than a year before the first edition of vampire and it was already talking about the world of a world of darkness right i don't know if if exactly the 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 name world of darkness but in the spanish edition this edition was the same name like mundo de tinieblas it's what it was the same and it has this concept about that the world as you know it has a, a facade not a facade like there's some there are creepy things hiding in plain sight right so in the concept of the game about facing your inner demons and stuff the Vampire the Masquerade takes a lot of cult. Maybe it's a coincidence. Maybe it's because I mean, maybe something related even with the with the Tidegeist, right? I don't know, but it has some some similarities that maybe are just uh, correlations. But anyway, uh, so that's cult. I'm talking more about cult because I love that game and I have the, <laughs> the first edition manual. It's not actually the first edition. I printed it because I couldn't find it any every anywhere because it ha it went out of print many years ago, and the used ones are very expensive. So I printed it and, and what's the word? And pasted? No, when you put like a hardcover to a book that you printed, but like in a professional way, like I I I took all the the, the printed book that I had to a, a specialized store and they made it like an actual book i will post a, a a picture of how how it was because it looks very cool it's like a black hardcover with cooled in in silver letters it it's kind of cool actually uh yeah okay i'm getting distracted again i'm sorry um well i also talking about more about how to select a game or regarding regarding how to play with your group I would suggest for your group to talk about what type of game you all want to play in terms of mood, of a style of, of playing, right? Because the last, no, not the last, but some episodes ago, I was talking about how to, not how to, but about the differences of the games or, or different mainstream games and indie games. And sometimes you could get tempted to to ask to your group, like, what game do you want to play? This one or this one? This is very fun and this is very fun too and your group do actually don't know what you're talking about, and each person could be selecting a game based on what he or she is, is, is thinking, like, I suppose that game is about this thing I'm thinking, right? So a suggestion is to use this approach, like, to see games as 
the, the mood they represent. I don't know if the mood is the more precise, precise word, but like the essence of the game and present that. Like, um, for example, you can say, hey, I have this game that is about this feeling, like you play in this type, this type of situations, right? And this other game that is with this environment and, and it's with the objective of, I don't know, going to adventures. And then see what your friends are more um, inclined to. Um, like, try, try to use a game made for your group. Because trying to force a game to your group, like maybe uh, um, editing, no, not editing, like <laughs> modifying the style of playing of that game to your group, like, um, I don't know, playing Call of Cthulhu in a setting where you can actually fight the monsters is weird. Um, sometimes it can feel kind of forced. Um, so I, I don't know. I don't recommend it. A list, a list, I think is the word, <laughs> um, that you are like an advanced group and you have been playing a lot of RPGs and you want to experiment and you understand each other and you know how all the players are and you play that game modified like on purpose. Yeah, that's a very inter interesting experiment and it's kind of fun sometimes, but it's not like a, for beginners, for example, right? So if you want to play a horror game where you face super dangerous things and, and you uh, are... What was the saying? I, I was saying, ah, you want to play the cat that is trying to, it's getting, it's getting killed by curiosity. Um, but you want to fight monsters and have weapons and, and even at some point earn some kind of power. I would say not to not go to, for Call of Cthulhu, go to, try to go to Cult, right? So try to fit. Uh, not a fit. Try to select a game for your group that fits the how your group wants to play. Like what type of actions they want to to commit, right? Not not commit, but their characters, right? <laughs> and also to to try to wrap this up. Like always prioritize your your group preferences. Like if you're the GM, never. And I would say like this is kind of a, an important lesson that I learned many times. Never try to impose that game that you really want to try, but no one thinks this. No one's no one thinks the same. Like just don't force the players, because this is tricky. You, you could think that if one player wants a horror game, another wants a sci-fi game, you could play like I don't know a Star Wars game because you want to with a North theme story. Uh, no, like <laughs> in that example, uh, for example. <laughs> the game will be an horror game. And the fan of sci-fi games will be really annoyed, right? Like, you, you cannot mix two things, like, in a way that everyone get is happy with that. You have to, to make a... Con, cons, what's the word? Consensus? Consensual? A consensual um, game for your group. Like, always try to decide on something that everyone is willing to play. It's not a very good idea, I think, to mix stuff and trying to get to a solution, like putting two styles of game together between uh, and also what the game that you want to play and nobody else wants to and stuff like that. Like Because a frustrated player is will always have like a bad time and will end up making all the game kind of awkward. 
Um, and also, it's at the same time, it's, I think it's a good practice to always have an open mind anyway. Like if you are a player, for example. Uh, because what I said before shouldn't be an excuse to reject everything that's different or to, to what you want, right? Sometimes it's, it's, it's nice to... Um, to give some space to others, to, to others' preferences and just try. Like, actually, that's how you usually find new games. Like, if you really, really want to play 7th C and all of your group want to play, I don't know, Dangerous and Dragons, put some F, no, no, not that put some effort, but try to be uh, the, the nice guy and say, well, let's try. Maybe it's kind of fun and I promise you. Like ten ten minutes with uh, yeah already in the game, you will be having a lot of fun because anyway it's it's an RPG right like uh, it's a fun game anyway so have some uh elast <laughs> no, no, there's, there's flexibility flexibility with your friends okay that's kind of a random suggestions that I wanted to 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 give you for example to to wrap it up like the whole episode. In my case, when, when I was a student, I used to, to attend to big RPG conventions in, in my home country, right? Before they, they died, like, not, not my country, the, the conventions, around, I think, 2010, maybe. And I think that the amazing thing about them, about those conventions, was that you had the chance to, to go and take a sitting short RPG sessions of games you never heard of, heard of. Like, instead of go and play what I always played, I just went there and tried to try unknown games. Even games that um, I thought, oh, that doesn't so, sound so interesting. And that's how I discovered, for example, Vampire the Masquerade. Or after that, in the same, uh, in the same setting, Hunter the Reckoning, or Mage the, the Awakening. I also played in, in that way Paranoia, that is a very incredible, awesome sci-fi game or Call of Cthulhu, or Star Wars, and many other games. Um, otherwise, I, I would have got stuck with IED&D, Changeling, and I don't know, nothing more, because those were the games that I knew and my brother knew. So you have to be open to options so you can play more stuff. Like, if this is the first time you go to see a movie and you see, I don't know, some Star Wars movie and nothing else you're missing the whole cinema world. Like, <laughs> there's so much, there's so many games, like, be open about it, okay? Um, you know what? If if you play a game that you think is not enough known by others, what if you promote it in the comments? Not promote it, but, but talk about it in, in the comments in, in Facebook or Twitter or wherever you want. Because, uh, and, and also... Put it with, with a link, if you have a link to maybe, I don't know, a YouTube video or, or pictures of the game or if, it, if it's a current game to the website or something. And so others, and well, actually also me, can get to know them and maybe discover some hidden treasures, right? Like, that would be very cool uh, because there are so many RPG games out there that there's always one game that you don't know and at the minute you get to know this game, you get in love with this game. There's always a super cool game for you hidden somewhere, right? Um, as I said in previous episodes, 
there are so many styles of game. There's so many games, but also so many styles and way of playing them and game essences, like <laughs> like about what this this episode is about. That it's a very interesting exercise to to start sharing ideas about game discoveries, right? So let's do that in, in the in the comments and obviously mentioning what is the the essence of each game, what each game is really about. So so let's let's um, multiply our ideas and knowledge about RPG games. Okay, <laughs> well. We are getting to the end of this episode. Now, now I do have a clock near me and I think we are passing the 30 minutes mark. Um, I wanted to ask you to send me a, anything you want, a, an email or a message in the Telegram open group or in the comment sections in any social media account or anywhere that you want. What do you think about the length of the episodes? It is the episode. Do you feel that the episodes are short or too long, or what do you think about that? Because I'm making these episodes like in a um, average length, but I want to know your opinions of that to make a better um, podcast for you. Okay, that would be very useful for me, and I would really appreciate it. That I would really, uh, I would really appreciate appreciate that. And as you can see, I, I have I, I have been practicing my English. My grammar, I think, is kind of rusted still. Yet, not still. <laughs> but um, I'm using Duolingo and stuff. So I hope that my accent is not too annoying for you. I'm trying to improve it, okay? I'm sorry. <laughs> and well, yeah, let's... No, let's... Um, I want to invite you to follow the show, this podcast, in Facebook at Sounds Like Roll. In Instagram, you can follow me as Roll for Dread or in Twitter as Dreadstein. Or you can join the Telegram group, the open Telegram group at Sounds Like Roll Chat in Telegram. And also... You can support this podcast in Patreon. That would be so cool because I'm putting a lot of effort on this and I my objective is to create a good podcast like for you guys. Like I really want to to professionalize it and I have some things like I have a good microphone and stuff and a mixer and I know a little a little bit about sound editing. But I want to, to make a really, really professional podcast. So if you want to support me, that will be very cool. You can go to patreon.com slash sounds like roll and you can select uh, how much would you like to put in the sounds like roll account, <laughs> if you want to call it that way. Um, and that way you will be a very, very, very valuable, valuable and important and lovely support for this podcast. And you will have access to exclusive content and really access to episodes. And you know, the, you know the drill, right? And the next episode, I will be talking about the RPGs and its people. Like, because I have been talking a lot, I have been talking a lot about the RPGs themselves and the people, like, in, in some tangential, tangential is the word, like, <laughs> not direct comments about them, but I want to talk about the people. Like, like, and the difference between back then and now. And I would, I think, <laughs> I think that, that that episode will motivate a lot of, I don't know, discussion. I don't know if arguments, but discussion in the, in the comments. And that will be very interesting. Let, let's see if that episode uh, 
get the Telegram group moving because, yeah, it's an it's a subject that when I talked about it between my friends or other RPG players, it's a very like hot topic, like something that people loves to argue about. So that will be very interesting, I think. <laughs> so well, yeah, I hope that you enjoyed this episode. This is Dread speaking to you, and you've been listening to <laughs> you've been listening to Sounds Like Roll, an RPG podcast. Until next time.